Greetings, friends, and welcome to another edition of Perkett Pod. So happy you've been listening. And if you're joining us for the first time, thanks. Genuinely, we speak to Minnesota sports influencers and icons. Find out what their story is, what moves them, what challenges them, what they're up to now, what they're up to tomorrow. On this episode, a great chat with the head coach of the University of Minnesota women's hockey team, Brad Frost, my guest on Perkett Pod. Perk and Pond, sometimes he's at play. Perk and Pond, find out what he'll say. Perk and Pond, who's coming on today? Perk and Love that we've got Brad Frost on to discuss the state of hockey in the state of hockey, which brings us to random ranks. This time we rank the top 11 hockey terms on random ranks. I would imagine many of you are already familiar with these terms, but as a guy who grew up in Los Angeles myself and didn't play hockey like ever, it took me a while to understand what these even meant. But over time now as a hockey dad to an awesome 10 year old rink rat daughter, I'm all about it. So here we go. The top 11 hockey terms. Number 11, chicklets. When I grew up, like we'd go to Tijuana and there was always people on the border selling you chiclets. And that was just this little tiny gum is what it was. But apparently chiclets are also teeth uh, because when you get your chiclets knocked out, they're just, they spill out like those little gums. So there they go. The people call them chiclets in hockey. Number 10, bucket, helmet, right? Number nine, I love this one, the sin bin, penalty box. Number eight, and this one I never knew. I always knew them as the Montreal Canadiens, but then I realized that the people in Montreal call them the Habs, the Habs. Number seven, biscuit, the puck. I didn't know that. Put the biscuit in the basket, right? Number six, this one I just recently learned, twig. Apparently people call hockey sticks twigs. <laughs> there you go. This is educational. It's <laughs> Although most of you probably already know this. Number five, bar down right? So when you hit the bar and puck goes down into the net. I love those. Makes a big clang. Number four, bad goalie, sieve. Number three, another S word, snipe. <laughs> That's an awesome one. Uh, number two, these are the, for the people that don't like to fight, turtle. You just ball up like a turtle and take the pounding. Number one, my number one hockey term. And I've always loved this one ever since I heard it for the first time and I never knew what it was, but then I realized what it was because I have to know because I say it in my sports cast sometimes five hole. <laughs> he got beat five hole. There you go. Brad Frost has had plenty of his players snipe their biscuits barred down. And when it comes to that bar, he set it pretty high since taking over the Golden Gopher women's hockey program uh, back in 2007. That's when he started. He has taken the standard of excellence and brought it to a whole new level there. Gopher women's hockey is the envy of many sports programs. And I'll be honest with you, as the dad of that 10-year-old puck player who has benefited so much by the growth of the game in this state, I found myself getting emotional and just talking to him about the state of the women and girls game. Here now, my conversation with Brad Frost. I guess where I want to start with you, Brad, is kind of like the here and now of, of what you're up to and, and how different, <laughs> for better or worse, 
pandemic hockey is for uh, for uh, an elite collegiate head coach? Uh, it, it's probably been the most difficult year that that I've had as a head coach. Um, it's uh, it's been incredibly challenging. Um, while trying to help our players navigate things, we as coaches are trying to navigate the same things, um, maybe slightly on a different scale. And then when you add for myself, uh, my, my three teenage boys at home um, and, and all those types of things. So it, it's been, uh, you know, we're, we're about a year from our season being canceled last year as we were going into the NCAA tournament. And, uh, and so there's just been a number of things that have popped up from uh, mental health to, to physical injuries to uh, a lot of loneliness and, and uh, isolation and, and things like that, that not just our players are dealing with. I think the majority of, of sports programs are dealing with it. And, and you look at, at kids throughout the whole country um, that, that are dealing with all these different things as well. Yeah. And, and I would imagine, uh, you know, all, all the protocols and all the safety measures that are being taken are, or adding a, a layer of protection and, and, and all that to, to what you guys are trying to do. But, but can that also be, take a toll after a while? No question. I mean, we're, we're November, December, January, I mean, five months of testing six days a week, um, every morning before practice. What does that involve, Brad? What is it? What does that so it, It's an antigen test. Um, and so, um, we, uh, we actually show up to the athletes village, uh, each morning and, um, the chairs are spread out, uh, in the nutrition center and, um, and then there's nurses in play. So you, you show up, uh, with your athletic trainer, we show up as a team, we take a, a large Q-tip, uh, rub it around our, our, inside our nose. It's not the one that goes up to your brain, thankfully, or what feels like it goes up to your brain. Um, and then you give it back to the nurse, they put in some solution and we get a, we get a, a result back within 15 minutes. Fortunately for our team, knock on wood, uh, you know, since we started testing in November, we have not had any uh, positive cases. We've had some positive antigen tests. And when that happens, then they do the PCR, which is the 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 big one uh, up the nose because um, that's a little more accurate um, and so fortunately those have always come back negative so but there's you know with the with the protocol of you know being out 17 to 21 days uh, if you test positive on the the PCR test you know there's the wor always the worry every morning that you're going to be the one that shuts your team down potentially so. Um, uh, aside from the fact that you're, you're test, you're doing that six days a week. Um, so that while it's, it's there for safety and, and we all understand it, it adds another layer of stress to everything that's going on. Um, you know, protocols being on the bus, uh, normally the bus is a great time for a four hour ride to Madison, you know, kids are up and about and playing cards and being in groups and laughing and things like that. Well, now it's assigned seating on the bus. Uh, assigned seating on a charter airplane. Um, our pregame meals, which are normally all together, uh, are more grab and go. Grab your food, go back to your dorm. Grab your food, go back to the apartment. 
So there's all these things where we're lacking connection um, and it just becomes more and more isolating for our players. They come to the rink, they go back to their, their apartments or their dorms. Um, and it's, so it's, it's just been tough uh, that way. And it, we understand it. I thought coming in that as long as our team was playing games, we would be fine. That would be enough. Uh, but the games really have become secondary to everything else that's going on. It almost sucks the joy out of it, doesn't it? I mean, I, and, I, and I'm with you. I, I, I understand the necessity of it all. But, uh, but, but that part about it, and you talked about how it's even affecting the mental health of a lot of these kids with the isolation and, and so much other stuff. It's, it's, it's heartbreaking to a degree. It really, it really is. And, and uh, you know, that's for us, we've tried to bring the joy back, but, um, and, and it's kind of like a roller coaster a little bit, right? With all probably mental health, that, you know, some days you're feeling great and other days you're not. And, you know, candidly for myself, there's been, a week that I'll look back to and say, man, I was just off, uh, that week. And as I look back, it's like, yeah, I was, I was depressed that week, <laughs> you know? Um, and so us adults are not immune to it either. And if we're dealing with it and I get a fam, I have a family that I go back to every single day. Um, imagine how it is for, for these athletes but that are, a- uh, that are, you know, alone a lot of the time or just with a roommate. More with Brad Frost when Perkett Pod returns. But first, I want to introduce you folks to a guy that is sitting across from me right now, looking awfully dapper, by the way. (laughs) Michael Bryant, thanks so much for being here and joining us on Perkett Pod. I am glad to be here. Tell us about yourself. I I know you're obviously the Bryant of Bradshaw and Bryant. Um, Tell us about Bradshaw and Bryant. Bradshaw and Bryant is a law firm that does plaintiff's personal injury. We represent people who are injured through no fault of their own, and we also do criminal defense. So we have a full-time criminal lawyer. I've done criminal work since I started with John Bradshaw back in 1991. I still do a little bit of criminal, but for the most part, I do plaintiff personal injury and represent lots of people in car accidents. Uh, I do a number of cases involving survivors that have been sexually abused. And then we get involved in a number of different personal injury type cases. So you're a busy guy. I try to be. You mentioned Bradshaw, not Terry Bradshaw from the Pittsburgh Steelers from, from the days of yore, right? I mean, this is, <laughs> no, yeah. uh, not that guy. But, but, what, but what about your team? How, how, many, how, many, how many are on your, uh, are on your side there? Well, we have two lawyers in the Minneapolis office, mm-hmm. uh, and then in St. Cloud, we have, uh, there's five of us. So I think total, I have anywhere between seven and nine, depending on how you do the math. And you're a sports fan, too. A uh, very big sports fan. I grew up in Rhode Island, and uh, I'm a diehard Red Sox fan, no matter what. And then I moved to Minnesota in 1982 and got infected with, you know, liking the Vikings and, <laughs> and, and caring about the Twins. And, and you played sports, too, growing up, right? I played hockey. Yeah. I was a goaltender. Uh, I played some juniors, and I played... Uh, I was going to play college hockey and then found out there was a lot more to life than stopping hockey pucks. And again, where can people reach you, Mike? People can reach us at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. We uh, have a place you can comment there, and there's also a chat that pops up there. Or they can call 800-770-7008. Great chatting with you. Thanks for being a friend of Perkett Pod here, and we'll uh, we'll catch you next time. Thank you. Perk and A huge part of your job, obviously, is is the recruiting <laughs> that then has to happen um, th- throughout the entire year, really. And and that I would imagine has changed drastically as well. Um, and and in talking to other coaches, it's 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 just so interesting how 
how much you you have had to pivot in in that way too no doubt it's uh again we're approaching a year since we've seen some of these these players live and in person and uh so that's been extremely difficult and part of the reason is because you know girls hockey is not really shown at a scale of of boys high school basketball or or you know um uh, the video quality of a, of a football game, you know, football coaches, they study tape all the time. Um, and that's oftentimes how they do a lot of their recruiting in the women's hockey world, because it's so small, we, we need to be there in person. Uh, it's very hard to look on a computer screen and, and evaluate and recruit a player. Um, because the quality generally is just not very good. So, uh, that's been a, a huge change for us. Um, we're hopeful eventually here in, end of end of May that uh, the dead period will be lifted and we'll be able to get out and and start uh, watching some of these players but we're we're at about a year or so uh, since we've been able to see them play live and in person uh, I'm gonna just just drop it right here thank you Brad Frost for all you have done over the years uh, to promote girls and women's hockey I, I just it's, <laughs> it's inspiring it, it is it is it's it's nothing short and and I know that you know there, there are a lot of other people that have, you know, done so much for the game and in, in lifting it to the next levels. But um, gosh, do you, do you think back and just, and just realize how many lives you've affected in this sport? No, I mean, thank you, first of all, but I, I don't, I don't view myself as that. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes we'll be, I'll show up to a, a game and, and I'll hear from a, a high school coach that was playing that that says man our players were super intimidated they saw you walk in and you know it kind of affected them on the ice and I'm sitting there going I you know I, I just never think of myself or, or uh, you know even the position I'm in like that so um, the reason that I do coach is is because of the student athletes um, I knew from an early age that I wanted to be a teacher and a coach and I was a teacher for five years and, and a high school coach, but now to be able to do this, you know, to, to coach with a sport that I absolutely love at a university that I love and, and then to have the ability to, to recruit incredible people uh, within our program and, and our staff are, is just really special. So been doing it a long time. This is, I don't know, year 20 or 21 between assistant coach and, and head coach, but it, it has gone so fast that I don't even think about it. Um, do, yeah. Do you think that because it was such a meteoric ascent, if you will, uh, you know, from from com coming in on an interim level and, and having such immediate success and and it never really slowed down after that. Right. I mean, so it, do you think because of that, you just never really had time to kind of like, you know, think too highly of yourself or whatever? Yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, certainly having kids grounds me. Uh, <laughs> yes, it does. Right. Yes. Like my boy, my boys, they're senior, junior and eighth grader now. And, you know, we, uh, if we lose a game, they're, they're mad at me. And uh, I'm like, you guys in your, your best years, we won four national championships in five years. And you just think that that should happen all the time. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy, but no, I mean, you know, coming into the program in 2001, um, you know, Laura had built such a great foundation that, um, being part of a national championship 
team in 04 and 05 as an assistant and, and then to become the head coach in, in 08 there, um, 07, 08 was, uh, it, it was a dream come true. Um, being a Canadian kid, I didn't even know that you could coach at the, the collegiate level and get paid for it. So um, it's been a, it's been a great run, um, not because of championships that we've won, but because of the people that we've had within our program and within our staff. So um, every day feels like a, a, like I'm not coming to work. It's, it's an opportunity to, to have fun with the people that, uh, that we're surrounded by. So it's pretty special. I, I remember being in Boston, Massachusetts, and uh, and having dinner with the team at Fanel Hall and all that stuff. And it was just, it was, it was, if I remember correctly, it was the first ever women's Frozen Four. And 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 maybe I'm wrong, and maybe I'm getting the dates mixed up, and maybe yeah. it wasn't the first, but it was one of the first with Coach Halderson and and mm-hmm. and the team and and it was Laura Slominski and Nate yeah. Muzzerall and, and that whole crew. And and like do you do you look back on those early years of go for women's hockey with Laura as an assistant and then and then see not just where the U of M has come, but but where the sport has come and and are, are you just kind of blown away ever? Yeah, very much. I, I wasn't part of that 2000 team. I came the year after as an assistant and um, that was the, it was their first national championship uh, uh, for, for go for women's hockey. The following year, the NCA picked it up and sponsored it. And right. So 2001 was the first NCA championship. Yep. The only difference between 2000 and 2001 was the NCA's involvement, but um, the <laughs> I, I've been saying for years and years, like, come watch college hockey. Come watch Go for Women's Hockey. You will be amazed at at how skilled and dedicated these student athletes are. And a lot of people uh, would come and say, I actually like watching women's hockey better than men's hockey um, because it's a little more of a pure game. There's less contact, but there's still enough contact to get us excited about it, you know. But things are developing maybe a little slower than on the men's side. And so you can see them happening uh, a little better, but the, the rise of girls and women's hockey uh, in the state uh, and throughout the, the country and world is absolutely incredible. Um, what, what our team looks like right now compared to even 10 years ago uh, is incredible. So it's, uh, it has definitely grown and yeah, you have to pinch yourself a little bit because the de- dedication of these, these athletes and, and, uh, and the skill that they're bringing to the table every day is, is exceptional. The game has changed even in 10 years, as far as the speed, as far as the strength, as far as the IQ, as far as it, or all of it. Uh, and, 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 yeah. and I would imagine the, the talent pool has gotten so much deeper on a high school level to choose from too, right? Very much. I mean, all those things that you mentioned, the, the size, the speed, the strength, the skill, the IQ, all of those things have, have continued to improve. You know, you look back uh, 10, 15 years ago, you know, the Darwitz, Wendells, those guys are, I mean, they were so special back then and they would still be special now. There were still those elite players, but the, the bottom has come up so much. Um, and now all of a sudden you see other programs in, in our league and around the country that are getting better and better. And that's because what they're graduating oftentimes they're bringing in players that are, are uh, even better than, than those guys uh, 
uh, were. So it's been, it's been fun to watch and the evolution has been pretty incredible. Yeah. But like you said, it, the, the, the playing field is getting a lot more level and, and that, that instant and automatic sort of go for domination, uh, the field has caught up in a lot of ways and it's, it's gotten to be a lot more parity and a lot more competition. And uh, <laughs> imagine with that, a lot more stress on your part. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you're exactly right. And, and we talk about parity all the time in, in our league and women's hockey getting better and better. And, and that's what we want. Um, there, there's no question. Um, it, it does. It has become more difficult uh, in the recruiting game. It's become more difficult uh, coaching day to day. Um, and records aren't, uh, you know, going 41 and 0. I'm not sure if and when that will ever happen again. Uh, that was pretty special in, in 2013. But um, but it, it's what we want. We want more opportunities. We want more programs starting um, so that these, uh, these young girls have something to aspire to. And, and so it's been, been really neat to watch uh, the growth of the game. The puck stops here for now. We'll be back with more from Brad Frost in just a bit. But first, we got to take this time to chat with Sean Bernard, who is kind enough to be here with us today. Sean Bernard is, an, is a real estate agent for Edina Realty, kind of a rock star real estate agent, aren't you? <laughs> I have fun, man. That's a, that's the a reason why I'm glad that I did this partnership with you and sponsor your show is that we both have a similar mindset that we are going to have a good time. Well, we appreciate you, you know, being a friend of, of, of Perkett Pod and, and helping us out in so many ways. But if you would talk about your, your agency and and, uh, and what you're able to do as an agent. Well, yeah, you know, it, it really comes down to the homework, you know, doing your homework, doing the research. And I pride myself on that. I learned a long time ago that I'm a big nerd. This time of the year, what I'm really working on is people that are planning three to six to nine months from now. Uh, if people are interested, if it's you or somebody else you know that's interested in buying or selling, give me a call at 612-859-2594. That number is also text-worthy. And if you're listening to this podcast and you love music, I got a great podcast for you to listen to. It's The Brian Oak Show. Give that a listen anywhere you find your podcasts. Perk and Pound. Yeah, yeah. You were always a, a hockey rat or, or, or rink rat or whatever you want to call it growing up. Was, was, that, was that your sport of choice and that's what you fell in love with at an early age? Yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, um, uh, growing up in Canada, it's what, what we did. Um, and, Where in Canada, Brad? Uh, Burlington, Ontario, so just outside of Toronto, about a half hour. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, we just loved hockey. I had three brothers, and so we were always playing knee hockey or, or pond hockey or road hockey or whatever, and, and so just absolutely loved the game. I, you know, I wasn't the biggest guy, but I think the strength of, of my game was uh, had pretty good speed, but I also saw the game very well, and, and so I think that's enabled me to, to become a, a half decent coach is, is I see things maybe a little differently than, than other people do. And, and so that's been something that's, uh, uh, you know, just kind of stayed with me as I've gone throughout my coaching career. And what brought you to the States and, and what, you know, what, I, I know you ended up playing at Bethel, but, but mm-hmm. what, what was, what was, what got you to Minnesota? Yeah. Um, well, my, uh, my mother grew up in, in YZ, um, my dad is, uh, was a Canadian farm boy and, uh, he went to, ended up going to Bethel a hundred years ago or whatever it was. And, <laughs> uh, 
he uh, he met my mom there. They got married and moved back to Canada. So that's where where we grew up. But uh, a lot of family um, on my mom's side was right here in the Twin Cities. Um, I wanted to play hockey for a Christian school. I wanted to go to the States. Uh, my brother was at Bethel um, at the time. And, and so um, it, it just ended up being a, a perfect fit for me. Our hockey team wasn't real good when I was there, but uh, uh, but I wouldn't change it for the world. Made lifelong friends and and uh, just had a great experience. So uh, because my mom was from uh, Minnesota, my dad uh, in the U.S. and my dad was Canadian, we were able to uh, myself and my three brothers get dual citizenship uh, right away when we were born. My parents did a great job with that, and and so had a passport and everything here in the states, and so obviously was able to to stay right here in Minnesota after graduation. And then, uh, and was it a high school coaching stint you'd mentioned, and then, and then, and then on with the U, right? As as yeah. Laura's assistant. Yeah. I and was, when we uh, say Laura, Laura Halderson. Laura just, Halderson. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was uh, a varsity girls volleyball coach at at New Life Academy uh, in Woodbury. Uh, I grew up playing volleyball as well. Um, uh, boys did that in in uh, Ontario, and uh, and then I was. It was, it's a really neat story, but my first teaching job, um, FIED job at Northview Elementary School in, in Egan, um, I walk in for the first teacher's workshop and I meet my, my teaching partner, Merlin Ravendalen. And uh, you might remember that name because he was the head coach of the Egan girls. He had just gotten the Egan varsity girls job um, and said, hey, you're a hockey player, you know, do you want to coach? I said, absolutely. And he said, okay, I've got a JV opening uh, if you want it. And I said, sounds good. I didn't know what JV was uh, being from Canada. So didn't realize that the games were or the practices were at five o'clock in the morning. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it was a lot of fun, uh, you know, on that team on the varsity team that I assisted with was Natalie Darwitz and and a couple other uh, pretty special players. But we uh, went to the state tournament each year and, and just had a, a, a bunch of fun doing that for three or four years. I didn't even put two and two together. That Yeah, that's where Darwitz was. Unbelievable. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. And he was then, a young uh, pop, like seventh, eighth grade back then. Yeah, I saw her the other day. Where, where did I see her? I was at, a, I was at uh, well, my daughter plays. My daughter's 10. Okay, yep. And she plays and just loves it, Brad. Just absolutely loves it. I was, we were at a tournament and it was actually at Tria Rink and um, and I saw Darwitz there. It was awesome. And I was just like, whoa, I remember you. Uh, anyway, it, it had been a while. Yeah. No, she's uh, she's the best. I mean, when I think of when I think of Minnesota athletes that I uh, uh, that I look up to and, and have been a part of, uh, you know, she's uh, she's right up there with uh, with one of the best and just doing a great job at, at Hamlin University as well. You've had some amazing players roll through there at the U under under your programs and Olympians and I mean just probably too many to count. Uh, but but have that's that's been I would imagine a big blessing in your life too, just to have all those no unbelievable kids. Yeah, I mean we've had fifteen uh, Olympians come through our program, and you know to think that that. Uh, myself and our staff have had a small part in, in their journey. You know, we, we want to recruit uh, great people first and foremost, but uh, players that want to play for their Olympic team, they want to wear the, the jersey or the sweater of, of their country. And, um, 
that's what I think makes our program really special is, is 80% of the players on our team have, you know, either worn the, the U18 or the under 22 uh, U.S. or Canada or Finland jersey, and, and they have aspirations to, to play at a higher level, and that's part of our job to try and help them, help them get there. Um, and then you, you think of, you know, Winnie Brote or Rhonda Curtin, those types of players that uh, didn't even make an Olympic team. But, uh, but we're still incredible players. So um, we've been really fortunate here to have some really, really special, special players. And, and it, it's great to be a part of, of their journey as they go through. And, and Ritter Arena is a pretty nice, nice venue to have uh, at, at your recruiting disposal, but also just to play on, I would imagine, and to have that fan base that, uh, that loves you guys. Talk, talk to me about Ritter and, and, and what you think of, of that and the facilities. Yeah, there. it's such a, it's a premier facility um, in, the, in the whole country. And it, it's a perfect size for our, our program. Seats about 3,000, another 500 or so in the, in the standing room or, or in the suites. And, and so we're so fortunate to, to uh, be housed out of here. Um, and uh, it, the fans are right on top of you. You got the band at, at the one end and, and uh, you know, everybody's just right there. Um, and, and then, as you mentioned, the fan base is, is special. Um, so many of our players, you know, usually about 70% or so are from Minnesota. And so we get a lot of their family and friends, but, uh, but also just some diehards that, that love go for women's hockey and, and they've been around for a long, long time. So uh, I, I just don't think there's a better place to, to play, uh, to watch a game. And, you know, even, uh, even people that are, uh, that will come and watch a, a boys game of some sort a high school game or a section tournament or whatever, they, they absolutely just love watching games at Ritter Arena. I'm curious as to how it ranks with, uh, and it, I, I get the sense in, in hearing you talk that it, that it is premier, but like, you know, what are, are the other programs around the country do they have dedicated women's arenas or are they playing in, in sharing with the, the men's space and, and whatnot? Yeah, Wisconsin's really the only one. They built Laban Arena, um, I don't even know, five, five six, seven years ago. Um, and it's a, a slightly smaller Ritter Arena. Um, and they see 2,200 there and, and we're at about 30. Uh, 3,500 or so. Um, but, uh, and that's a really nice rink, but, uh, and then Ohio state kind of has their own rink. It wasn't built specifically for the program. It's been around for a number, number of years. Um, but then all the other, uh, teams, the Duluth and St. Cloud, Mankato, Bemidji were playing in, uh, in the same rinks that, uh, their men play in, which is great. Um, you know, to, to have the opportunity to play in those really nice arenas as well. Um, but we don't have to worry about uh, not practicing when, when we don't want to or anything like that, even though the men's team here at the U is over at our rink uh, many times to practice because it's a smaller ice surface. Um, and so if they go on the road, they're usually over for the week prior to, uh, to heading on the road. But, uh, but no, it, it's a, a tremendous place and, and we're really blessed to, to have it really all to ourselves. Yeah. Can you I, can briefly talk about this year's team and, and, uh, and what you're anticipating here down the stretch? Uh, it's, it's go time now for sure, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and 
Uh, also, if you could just speak to, I know you've got uh, an amazing roster of talent, but Grace Zumwinkle is just mm -hmm. like, I, I, whenever we run go for women's highlights, it's just like, oh, another huge night for Zumwinkle <laughs> or whatever. Talk about your, your team this year and, and, and kind sure. of what, what you're expecting here. Well, as you mentioned, we're, we're in the playoffs now. And so it's, uh, uh, it, as you said, it, it's go time. So um, it's, uh, it's really, really important uh, for us to be playing as well as we can. And, um, and so I, I think we're doing that. We've, we're, we're banged up. We're without uh, three or four players. Um, but I still think we've got, uh, got enough here and, and got the trust of our group that, uh, that we can make a run. So um, it, it should be, uh, it should be a lot of fun here down the stretch, but uh, Zummy's been, uh, she's playing at a, a completely different level. Um, big strong can really skate uh shoots it at an elite level um is has really improved her 200 foot game over the years and um and now as a senior uh an opportunity here to i think really be one of the best players in the whole country um and so the patty kazmaier is the player of the year award in women's college hockey that won't be announced for uh, another couple months, but, uh, but I, I have to think Grace has an opportunity to, to potentially be in the mix, uh, uh, for that. So that, that's just the type of year that she's had. What, what do you do when you're not immersed in go for women's hockey? I mean, you, 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 I know if it sounds to me like you're, you're all about the family and, and, uh, and, and spending time with those, those yeah. three boys. Yeah. That and golf. Um, Man, I played a lot of golf last summer. Awesome. Uh, which, uh, <laughs> thankfully, the courses opened up in May, and and we got to to start playing socially distanced and all that type of stuff. But uh, I, I really, really enjoy golf. Um, I love getting to my son's uh, baseball games, and you know, anytime I can be outside and uh, on a nice day and, and be, uh, watching my kids or, or hanging out with my wife and family I certainly want to do that. You know, that being teenagers, I know your kids aren't there yet, but once they get their license, you stop seeing them, uh, as much as you did in the past. So, uh, just a, a little warning there, but, uh, you know, our, our kids are, uh, our junior and seniors are out doing their thing and, and hanging out with friends and driving all over the place. And it's been pretty fun for them, but anytime we can, we can spend as a family and, and uh, you know, play some golf with my boys and things like that. I love to do it. And for my listeners sake, Brad Frost gave me one of the greatest parenting advices of all time. Uh, when I was uh, telling him that we were having a third child and that's what we landed on, by the way, we, we uh -huh. have three and, and I just remember him, you know, I, I had several parents telling me that it's like, it goes from, it goes from, uh, from man to man defense to a zone. And, but then you put it to the hockey, you put it to uh, the, the hockey reference and said, it's like you're, you're, you're shorthanded and, and you're, you're basically the other team's on a power play and you're just trying to clear the puck out of your zone. <laughs> yeah. Block, block some shots. Yeah. Block some shots. Ice it. Take a breather. <laughs> ice it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I guess we'll ice this. Uh, but, but thank you um, again for, for taking the time to talk to us on Percapod and, and for, uh, for just sharing kind of your, your take on, on all that is go for women's hockey and in the, in the state of the sport. And, uh, and again, you've, you've just done so much for it and, uh, and, and proud to know you, Brad. Nice, nice to have you with us. 
Thanks, Perk. I, I appreciate you, man, and, and uh, appreciate the friendship we've been able to build over the years here. So thanks a lot for having me on. That'll do it for this episode of Perk at Pod. We want to thank our partners, Audio Wiz, Justin Bailey, theme song by Taylor Robert. Keep listening weekly for another episode with Minnesota sports influencers and icons on Perk at Pod. Feel free to share this podcast. Give us a simple subscribe click. It doesn't cost you a thing. Heart us, rate us, double tap us, whatever you want. And until next time, remember, shine bright. Don't be afraid to be weird and open your hearts to inclusion. Peace. Perk and Pond, sometimes he's at play. Perk and Pond, find out what he'll say. Perk and Pond, who's coming on today? Perk and Pond.